show you how my voice would have made an unbelievable thing good. Oh, okay, Joy. Twins. How are you doing this week, Quentin? You know, it's uh, weird to record just based off of like the stuff that's happened in the last couple days. Like, it feels kind of strange to come in and talk about wrestling, to be honest with you. But I guess I'm as fine as anyone can be, like, coming in, trying to do a podcast after another mass shooting. So, you know. Yeah. Basically two mass shootings. Yeah. Um, pretty much back to back. Uh, pretty fucking terrible. All the bullshit that's going on with them and with the me- with the media and the way that people are talking about them and not just the media but social media and the way people are talking about everything. The, the transgender hoax thing. The yeah. caping for the ass off battalion symbol to say, oh, that's not you know, a, a neo-Nazi thing. Uh, you know, like, yeah, it's... It's very fucking frustrating to see um, all of it. And it's just terrible what happened. Like, that's the worst part, really. Specifically, what happened. The stuff that just recently, or, you know, a little bit later after the initial story comes out with the, this, you know, the Texas shooting. Um, or for, I can't remember if it was Dallas or Houston. It was in um, it was on Uvalde, Texas. Oh, okay. And then there was another, uh, and then there was another thing uh, where somewhere they actually found a AK in someone's car in Richardson, yeah. which is near Dallas. And I actually know somebody who was from that area uh, or around that area. And they're like, I, I was just there. And yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's terrible. But yeah, like it was, you know, the stories that came out about the police and how badly they mishandled all of that. Um, That's, and you hear? Uh, oh, go ahead. I don't understand. There's plenty of cognitive dissonance that I think that goes on from people when they try to justify the existence of police forces and all the mental gymnastics they got to do to like justify the existence of police. And when you combine that with then all those jumps people go through in order to justify the quote unquote right to bear arms. In this, it's like, okay, you claim to care about children so much, and here you are, not only are guns present, and a level of 
artillery that should not be allowed to just buy and own in as easy a fashion as it is. But then the cops pretty much were more hell-bent on keeping people away from helping the kids than actually going in and trying to stop what was happening. And if that isn't something that would lead to people realizing that there's a problem with policing, then I don't know what could happen. But at the same time, when I was a kid, when Sandy Hook happened and nothing came from that, I was like, oh, they really don't give a fuck. That moment was the real, like, Probably the yeah. probably the bleakest I had ever felt up to that point, in a, in a way that wasn't like my own mental health or whatever was going on. A realization of well, the kids died and they really don't care. They actually don't care. And if this and I'm not banking on it, but if this doesn't even get any type of reaction in terms of like policing in the way that we sh- the way that we should look at it, then I I don't know, but all around this is so fucking heartbreaking and sad. Yeah, no. Um, you know, and it's again, it's the it's not just like you're saying the police and, and them keeping people away, but I heard the story of them like legitimately kind of unfortunately causing possibly outing and and you know, and giving a shooter like someone it's fucking disgusting. I don't even want to get into the details. It's it's really really bad i mean people were talking about that the you know the shooter was old enough or in the age range and went to the same school that they went to the same had the same active shooter drills as the kids that were in the school um themselves and and you know people were trying to imply that somehow that uh that means like the people the kids that are doing the shootings know what the kids in the school are going to do because they've got the same training and i'm you know i'm kind of like well if the fucking police don't even know how to follow the stuff that they should be doing um, to help protect the kids in there. Then what? I mean, what are the chances really that the the person? I mean, I guess you know, it comes down to motivation, right? Which is fucking disgusting um, to even think about. And you you just bringing up Sandy Hook reminded me of something I heard about today with Marjorie Taylor Greene bragging about. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. David Hogg like bragging about bullying David Hogg before she was a politician, but it's on tape. People have it yeah. at some conference t- talking about how she was really proud of that. You know, they were asking her, Oh, you know, you, you gave him shit. And she says, yeah, I, I bullied him twice. She was like really, really fucking proud of herself. And she's in, she's in the government. She's in the U S Senate, like, you know, or Congress. And to say like, yeah, like, that they really don't care. I mean, fuck. That's the kind of person who's there. That's like, the kind of like, person who should be making laws. Yeah, like if he was, if he, if he actually turned out to be a right wing reactionary psychopath, then they'd be quick to highlight his experiences and oh, he knows what he's talking about because he was there. Because he turned out to be what he turned out to be. It's all of this. Yeah, being proud of harassing, literally a survivor of a mass shooting and um i don't know if i've ever told you this but so i went the the one of the elementary schools i went to it's around the time of the virginia tech shooting happening and apparently someone that died in that shooting years ago actually went to the same elementary school that i went to and this is the first time i ever heard of like 
a mass shooting happening. Like they actually talked about it on the morning announcements or some kind of announcements, I guess, as the day happened there, getting news about whatever happened. And I guess they have found out that one of the people that went to that school, went to Malamarty School in the past, had passed in that shooting. And there was like a moment of silence during there. And we don't know the teachers and principals and people that are on the staff might, but we're like seven years old, eight years old. We don't know this person. And that was the first time I knew what a mass shooting was. And the fact that however many years later this is, 18 years later, maybe like it's still the exact same shit. It's, it, it doesn't make like, I know why, I know why it's like this. We don't have to talk about that, but it's like hard to fathom sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, you say that and how long ago it was for you, but it, I, it's not like this stuff didn't happen even when I was in school. Yeah. Wait, yeah. When fucking I was in, Waco. Yeah. When I was in middle school, uh, Columbine basically happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, at some point around then. And, uh, and there was someone at my school who got in trouble for having like a, a list on a website, you know, like an angel, angel fire list of, of people that they were going to kill that they said, you know, and this was, you know, early on. So after Columbine had happened, people took that shit really seriously for a while. So that person got in a ton of trouble and I don't know that they ever would have done anything, but beyond that, I mean, stuff (laughs) did happen when I was in elementary school, you know, it wasn't at the school, but uh, my close best friend, this is something that I've like kind of recently dealt with more and more that I think like a lot of very traumatic things that happened to me very early on have kind of caused where my personality is and the way that I deal with um, emotions and with everything being a little bit, not, not off, but just a little bit more subdued and stuff. But like my best friend, was murdered by his father and and his mother was also murdered uh when i was in elementary school uh with a gun you know and this was the vice principal of the school and the principal of the school jesus uh, were Christ. involved in the in the homicide that included my best friend when i was in kindergarten you know and and this is this is how long however long ago and this was at that time this kind of stuff was super novel that was like one you know okay that stuff happened then there was in my high school there was someone who uh got caught with a firearm in the in the bathroom they don't know what the person was planning but they did get arrested um and taken away with that and there was another person who did a similar thing and killed their parents and was said to be on their way back to the school uh and was caught on the way back to the school in the morning before they could get there so you know these things have been happening for like you said since you were in school since i was in school and nothing has changed um there's like just a ton of a ton of this and it's just repeatedly going on and again they they love to trot it out and keep hearing people saying and ted cruz you know there's no gun control that would have stopped this but we're not only talking about this you know there's other incidents hundreds like like literally literally hundreds of examples at this point yeah and we're not talking about you know, we need to just figure out a way to make it so nothing, no gun crime ever happens. But we could just reduce it a little bit. We could just maybe cause there to be a little bit less. Because it does back to back within days of each other, it feels like. Uh, 
you know, this is this is happening, and it's it's fucking disgusting to see people using it, using it to push their own little things. Like I said, the transgender kind of conversation that came out of 4chan and and not just the you know the shitty troll part of 4chan but the specifically like you know i spent a lot of time on 4chan and there's a there's a term that was used to describe those kind of people and uh, it's not very uh, politically correct i'll definitely say um but the ones who actually care about the stuff and are not just trolling um because it's fun um that like are like yeah let's like make sure that this gets connected to a transgender person and let's make sure that everything bad that happens yeah, it, constantly yeah, gets connected to transgender yeah, it's people. not it's not it's not it's not the people that are just shit posting it goes beyond shit yeah. posting it goes to like an actual deep seething hate hatred and transphobia well and not even just that but they're the future you know nick fuentes is trending to talk about right now because there's a big insane story and blow up with him and People that might be interested in fucking just in deranged online drama can can look into it, but um, but they have political agendas and they're pushing it. And mm-hmm. everyone loves to talk about Tucker, but you know, like and whatever the deal is with him and oh, you know the 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 first the the, the New York shooting was not related to Tucker because he wasn't involved. But like Tucker is a part of this. Not, I'm not even saying like all of it, but I mean he's a part of the 4chan political movement, yeah. the Groypers, and that movement with the Great Replace and all of the online, ne- the fucking fascists and Nazis. Chucker lurks this shit and does it. And the reason why I know this is because I listen to like one of those you know alt right, not alt right, new right, you know post left kind of podcasts. And he fucking quoted a tweet from one of those guys that's on that podcast that no one's heard of except for, like, insanely brain-sick people. And uh, they were talking about it, and they were saying, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I figured just someone who works for Tucker, like, happened to, like, follows me or does with this. But he said, I was told by someone who works there, a producer, that Tucker finds that shit himself. Tucker is lurking online and looking for this stuff himself. So the people who try to pass it off and go like, oh, he's just on TV. He doesn't believe any of this stuff. It's a grift for him. This motherfucker is in it as deep as anybody else. And he's one of the most popular people on TV. Like, they fucking... he's hosts, like, the most popular fucking news program on television. He has the most viewers. And, like, this shit is the same circles that I'm talking about when I talk about the people who are saying, let's make sure that anything bad happens if we can get it connected to trans people let's do it so that we can continue to push this back and then you've got fucking bill maher coming out and joining in on the turf rhetoric you've got you know derek rufo coming out and tweeting about this shit now like people people more and more the like just asking questions people like joe rogan but even the more mainstream ones the ones who are known for being shitheads but are like kind of culturally accepted shitheads are more and more leaning towards this turf rhetoric and it's fucking it's scary it really it really is scary um but yeah so this uh, was not uh it's uh like i'm not gonna lie like i have uh i have sisters that are turning 14 this year and i don't know how to feel and as we've seen a shooting can happen to anyone at any age at any time it could happen at a grocery store a movie theater, a gay club, an elementary school, a high school, like wherever. It can happen at any time. But my sisters are getting to the age now where they're 14. And luckily with Maryland, like 
there hasn't been this extensive history of mass shootings here, as far as I remember. It's, uh, we're, we're, I guess we're kind of lucky in that regard, as opposed to like places like Texas and Florida that are, you know, obviously much looser with their with their gun laws and everything. But you know, you can still do damage with your with your dad's revolver, your dad or your or your dad's uh, your dad's pistol, and all that and all that kind of stuff, and. Yeah, like uh, as a, as a brother to to uh, like soon to be teenage girls, I yeah I don't know how to feel. Like I don't know how to just like not be terrified every single day. And it's like the worst feeling in the world. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Um. But yeah, obviously, there's nothing we're going to do here, um, well, other than kind of talk about it and Ponti- hopefully... Pontificate, thoughts and, yeah, exactly. thoughts and prayers, all types of shit, and because America makes so much money off of guns and manufacture and selling of guns, then yeah. nothing will ever actually change because America will never, ever, ever do anything that can sacrifice the capitalist machine in which it thrives off of. And if that means the deaths of children that they claim to care about so much from all this piece of gate QAnon bullshit to abortion rights and all this, that when children actually get shot with guns and die, that they're going to continue to claim that they care while doing absolutely nothing. And making and selling guns to people that will then go and use those same weapons and guns to go murder and kill families and children in Pal- in Palestine. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking about that today, like the the military industrial complex and 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 the whole way that America is built around that shit. Um and like you're saying that's our kind of bread and butter and it's just it's fucking crazy. It's like this really, really, you know, it's a weird way to put it, but like arrested development of the psyche of the entire country or just the, the profit motive of the entire country. Why do we not pivot to something else? Like, why do we have to stick with this? Because, you know, we, we made kind of made the great, the greatest generation and the, and the, you know, the American dream off of the war effort. And it was like, Oh, well, this is working. We have to just stick with this forever. And then, so either we create our own wars to get involved with or we sell, export the weapons to other people and, and prop, pop them up to start doing their own wars. But why couldn't we? Why haven't we ever shifted and start making money off of something else? Why did it have to stick with this just because that was the first real big thing that we got? You know, what is it about the American psyche that's caused weapons and, and murder and carnage to be, you know, the soul of this country? It's fucking... Well, America was, people say, America was founded on murder and violence (laughs) it's true it's true no i mean it's really true and it's just it's just but why can't why can't we ever move on i guess it's just it is what it is it's like that's what this country is if you are if you're not if you're not white if you're not a man if you are whatever like you're literally subhuman like you are a subhuman like they don't even view it if you're not rich if you're not rich like we can have to boil down to that if you're not white rich or man like you are literally subhuman so right 
It doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it, yeah. doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. And they will continue to do that exact same shit. So it's like to the point where like when the Buffalo one happened, I was so fucking numb. I can't like I can't even, I don't even really feel things when I see this anymore. And that's weird to say, like a racially motivated attack happened in New York. Like shit like that doesn't even happen in New York. Do you like do you like do you understand how strict gun laws are supposed supposedly are in New York? Like right. shit like that doesn't even happen. And for that to happen, even though it's in Buffalo and it's not like any like from like anywhere near where I'm from, it's still like a what the fuck kind of thing. But I still didn't feel anything because I've grown up my whole life knowing mass shootings and seeing mass shootings. Like I, I I remember being a kid. I remember being younger, and uh, when uh, I think it was Aurora, Colorado, and in the movie theater, yeah. and like I, I was younger, I was like maybe maybe middle school, whatever, like early high school, whatever it was. And I made a comment to my dad, like, and I, and I wasn't like saying it to be funny, but it was like this sounds like some Batman shit. Like this sounds like something that you would make up in a comic book. And it's kind of like snapped back at me and said like, no, nah, this is like, this is real fucking life. And I just remember that because when I, was, like, I wasn't saying it to be insensitive or joke, but it really is like, what the fuck? You can't make this up. They're watching a bat. They're watching a Batman screening and this happens. You can't like, you can't even write that. And yeah, it's it's real life, but if people don't view it like it's real life. Sometimes they almost they they view it as a way to push whatever they want to push instead of the fact that like people are dead. Like death is the the most real thing that exists in the world. You know, death. You can see death. Like it's inevitable. It'll happen. And instead of treating death for what it is, there's kind of move on and act like okay all right well uh how do we shift every bit of our attention to everything but guns and like as i've got and and as i've got become more radical my feelings on gun control even become more complicated right because we can talk about gun laws but say they become stricter are they going to be equally as strict are they just going to be strict on people like me black and brown black and brown people and just be really heavy on enforcing gun laws specifically in impoverished neighborhoods and things like that or make it harder for black people and brown people to get guns like what's even like like what are you even gonna do if that even got brought to the floor in a mean in a meaningful way so it's, it's a it's a strange helpless feeling to have every time this happens to the point where it's like you're like of course we're sad and somber talking about it but then we never know when the next one's going to happen another one could have happened that same day uh, yeah it's become reality basically and, and yeah i agree with you when you're talking about you know the gun control stuff and and when you do radic when you like you said when you radicalize and i I understand the point of view that people take when they talk about, like, if they're going to be armed, we're going to be armed, especially when you talk about the history of 
black radicals and as you talked about i mean fuck gun control modern gun control what little bit of it we have can't, here in america is based around based on the black, to the black panthers yeah based on the black panthers yeah <laughs> so it's just like of course i i get it historically i get every piece of it but at the same time i don't agree with it but yeah like you said if 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 someone's going to be armed then you got to be armed right like that's the idea if you truly are about it when it comes mm-hmm. to to being a radical but again it, it's it's tough because I'd rather nobody be armed. Yeah, that's that like, that's seem like that's gonna be an option. Yeah, like it's just like I don't. I'd ra- I'd rather us be in a place where someone just can't have an assault rifle to go do that to children. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I I know. I'm with you. Um. Well, I guess. <laughs> We probably should, probably shouldn't have done that to start the podcast. <laughs> no, probably not. But like you said, it's a it's a fucking kind of a bad time, in general. It's a bummer. It's a bit of a bummer time. Uh, but I guess something that's less impactful, but also gross. <laughs> talk about GCW and their uh, fake COVID tests and people walking it back now, or you know, people trying to defend this or that. <sighs> Do you doubt this at all? No. Do you doubt no, that? No. You, no. Yeah. No. Not even slightly. Come the fuck on. So. Like. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I had a couple tweets that got a bunch of likes and retweets <laughs> and, and all that off of making jokes about it. But, like, I don't have a ton to say about it other we, than, uh, like, we, of course. We talked about. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we talked about how everything about GCW is so performative. And then we even talked about, like, we were like, yeah, these dudes are like for sure like libertarian types. Uh, oh yeah. Like, so I don't think based off any of our observations we've made about GCW, uh, in the way they operate and the people that like GCW, that this does not shock me at all. It does not shock me from the people that work for G- work at GCW or anything or anything like that, because. If they cared that much, they would have just stopped running fucking shows. That's it. That's it. The whole thing from the beginning. And that's the part that, you know, I I put this out there, but I guess I should reiterate here in case not everybody follows my Twitter or whatever. Uh, The tests were a fucking smokescreen from the beginning. Even when GCW said that they were testing people, it didn't matter because we were at a point in the pandemic, and we still are, really, at a point in the pandemic where tests and all this stuff are not necessarily that accurate or prove anything or, or stop the spread. The point of the test is so that you can know if you need to quarantine or not, but it's not really to like keep you from spreading anything. You were supposed to still follow all of the restrictions and all of the social distancing and masking and everything else to stop the spread, which, which includes not going to fucking wrestling shows. The it's tests really, were not it's really, about it's really not, saying it's, it's okay. It's a really novel idea to just not do wrestling shows in the middle of yeah. a global catastrophe in which people are dying and dra- and dropping off at rapid rates. Wouldn't know. Yeah, I know exactly. so I know someone that had COVID in the early stages and she still doesn't have her like her memory's fucked. Her, oh, her immune system is fucked. Um, she was bleeding out of her ears when she had it. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I will never get it. I will never understand this. I will die never understanding why America, especially, and obviously other places all, all over the world, too. It's not like I'm mean, the only place that had anti-mask, anti-vaccine bullshit, far-right reactionary shit is rising in every country. Um, but especially America, I will never understand it. I will die not understanding how you could know this happened to people. Perfectly healthy people. She was perfect. She's perfectly healthy or was before that. Perfectly healthy. No memory issues. No immunocompromised stuff. Nothing like that. And had that. And her memory's fucked. To this day. Because of that, two years later. And I'm not trying to make this like the most serious thing in the world because haha GCW like ha- like having fake vax cards is like a dunk worthy thing. But Jesus fucking Christ, like are these ter- are these terrible shows so fucking important? Are they really that important yeah. when you know what's really happening to people? It's callous and gross and Look, we both like we both love wrestling, but if wrestling had just fucking stopped and never came back in the last two years, I don't I don't think either of us would really care that much. Like, yeah. And the fact that they ran the whole fucking time and was doing this on top of that when the when the vaccines were coming out, instead of maybe you know enforcing, hey guys, you should go get vaccinated, you should go get vaccinated, instead of enforcing that instead deciding to hand out fake vax cards and give fake vax cards like there's like no words for that especially if like you've actually been in proximity to how real this shit is part of me still feels like people that act this way or have this kind of like flippant response to covid have never actually met experienced anyone or lost anyone to this and I think that's still like that like despite how many people have had COVID, that still feels like where most people's rationale comes from. And like, man, I know someone that's memories fucked and was bleeding from bleeding from her ears. How do you even in good conscience do that? But you don't because you're a fucking ghoul and you don't care. And that's how you continue to do that stuff and sleep well at night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know anybody who had, like, really bad situation, but even still, it's like, take it very seriously, you know. Um, although I guess I shouldn't say that because I do I know people who've died, which I guess is the worst, but I guess I just don't know anybody who's had long-term effects. I think it's different, like when, that, you know? different when you see the effects, honestly. Like, in a way yeah, when someone... No, no, that's my point. Yeah. yeah, in a way when someone dies, oddly, you're like, wow, that's fucked up. But when you see someone that still has to live with those effects, or you know someone that still lives with those effects, it's a different feeling, honestly. Well, yeah, because it just shows. It just goes to show like it's not, how we it's, don't it's not the fucking this thing. it's not the fucking flu. Like exactly. Like you can lie to yourself and comfort yourself or whatever, and have whatever distrust you have mm-hmm. of Doctor Fauci, whatever other people for whatever your reasons might be. Bleeding out of your ears and losing your memory for two years is not a, is not the fucking flu. No matter what you want to tell yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, because again, like, 
people get the flu and like I said, like we're saying, they die or they don't, but afterwards they're just pretty much back to normal. So that is like a big difference just to watch that, you know, to see that those effects and just to say, like I said, we don't understand this. We don't know. I'm really, I'm really fucking like scared and somewhat worried about like long-term effects from having gotten it, honestly. And I do sometimes feel like my wind is still not even back and it's been months and I mostly feel fine, but that I just don't have the same lung capacity that I did before. And I don't know. Even professional athletes. I'm a, I'm a Boston Celtics fan and both of our star players and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both had COVID last year and they both talked openly about they were still feeling the effects from COVID when they came back to the, when they came back to playing basketball. And these are like guys that are like in the top one percentile of, of, of one money that money and resources that's available to them, but also like their athleticism, what their bodies can handle, what their bodies can take and shit like that. And for them to still say, yeah, I had COVID however long ago and I came back to playing basketball and I still don't feel right. I still feel fucked up. Imagining, imagine what that's like for again, like the average person that doesn't have access to that, to those same resources or isn't like conditioned in an athletic way. The same, the way, the way that, um, where they might be. Yeah, no, it's, and again, like the cardi, the, the, the myocarditis stuff and the heart stuff in general, I'm just thinking about what, what could happen you know and i don't know and luck like i hate to say luckily but somewhat luckily for me like i at least i kind of have a feeling and just based on what we've seen like because i'm pretty sure i got the omicron variant or the later variant yeah same a lot less of that long-term health effects so i'm you know but even still you don't fucking know and we don't know what's going to happen five ten years down the line to people who had it versus people who didn't and it it is kind of scary to think about you know and now you've got monkeypox, which I don't even know at this point because I've heard so little, but just hearing, you know, Biden say this is something to be serious about and then hearing like the information and it seeming like it's not that serious. It's still like, fuck, man, <laughs> like this is just the, the, again, this all comes down to the same issues of, of what initially started with the, the coronavirus. It's like zoological, zoological viruses and, and, and sicknesses spreading more rapidly because we're pushing the planet to the fucking edges where it shouldn't be pushed and things are being stretched beyond the boundaries of where they should be and it's it's pretty scary uh yeah anyway that's supposed to be a lighter topic anyway p anyway pwg promotion of the year for 2020 yeah right but uh no but they're back um and they're actually running like a monday show after aew is gonna be really yeah, because I think AEW is doing this weekend, right? Obviously, we're going to talk about it. And then AEW is in LA for next week, um, which I'm actually going to the Dynamite, which I'm kind of excited about, but at the same time, you know, um, it should be fun. I heard I heard someone say, I think it was Meltzer, actually, say the possibility that, uh, you know, because they teased the FTR versus uh, United Empire match on Dynamite, like, that that could end up getting announced and happen at Dynamite in L.A. That would be pretty cool for me because that was a match that I specifically said I wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Um, yeah. So that would be nice if that happened, but I, I doubt it. I think it'll just happen at Forbidden Door. Um, but either way, 
but yeah, then I think that PWG is running like Monday after all that, which is weird. Um, but you know, I guess, I guess they have to deal with AEW now. Um, they can't just run whenever they want. They have to, uh, they have to work with, uh, <laughs> work with their, uh, with their dads. Yeah. Or yeah. Can't, can't, oh no, actually it's July. Yeah. It can't, can't be any worse than, um, the relationship ROH that existed, yeah, right? ex- that existed and then dissolved and then existed again. So, yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm wrong. It's July 3rd. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, it's a Sunday. Okay, so I was wrong. For some reason, I thought they were running. Either way. Doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, what, Best of the Super Juniors? I don't know. Um, <laughs> did you watch any of uh, any of this Rev Pro Epic Encounters? No, I did not know that this, that this, uh, that this I guess it's somewhat, somewhat of a major Rev Pro show. Yeah, it used to be, uh, but but Osprey got pulled last minute because of his kidney infection. Um, but uh, they re they reran the Aussie Open versus Velocities match, and uh, I don't know if I'd say that it's definitely better than the other one, but uh, I might like it more. Really? Okay. Uh, yeah, Aussie Open fucking absolutely rock in this match. Uh, Mark Davis looks even better with his new mustache. Um, oh yeah, and and his and his build is looking great. Um, really need Aussie Open versus Violence is Forever bad now. Like th- that match has to happen at some point soon. But I, I don't know if it will at this point. Um, but goddamn, like they look so fucking good in this man. Like yeah, this is it's really fucking good. Um, the the match in Australia might be better, um, but I'm not sure. They just it's really good. They do a good job putting it all together. Um, Modern Age Grappling. Did you check out the uh, Jonathan Grisham's promotion restart, re- redo, whatever? No, I did not know. So he changed? So it's not Terminus anymore? I have no fucking clue, because it's still using the Terminus branding, kind of. But it's he's calling it Modern Age Grappling. Now it's like, it's just him. I heard him in an interview basically talking about it. And he explained that how, like, Terminus... He had to work with Barrett Brown. Um, why am I saying Barrett Brown? That's the guy from New Japan Strong. Uh, Bl- Baron Black, um, or is it Black Baron? God, Jesus Christ, what's wrong? Um, <laughs> I think he. Go- I think, I think to- he's gone by both. Yeah, that's my point. He, he he's gone by both, but I can't remember uh, which one he uses now. Either way, um, and like that, that kind of changed his his kind of vision of the whole thing. Um, and like he Baron uh, Baron, holy shit! The match graphic on the show it just says Baron Baron. Baron Baron. <laughs> yeah. Holy. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's de- that's definitely the uh, the art for this week's episode. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, but uh, the uh, it it's better. I will say this: it's better. It's like four matches. It's like an hour and a half. I think the style is better. Remember, part of the thing that I complained about with Terminus was the rules, like switching back and forth, and there being a lot of like confusion on the first show. And this is just really straightforward. All the rules stay exactly the same. The matches are really basic. They're quick and easy. It's a much better and more digestible version of the of the style. I just unfortunately think it's too late to like try to rebrand and do all this weirdness that they're doing with it. Um, but yeah, either way, uh, it's pretty. It's it's better than the other shows. So I would say, uh, 
for, so, for certain people, I would say give it a chance. Don't just say, like, oh, I'm writing it off because it's just more of the Terminus bullshit because it's not. Um, either way. Best of the Super Juniors? You want to talk about it? Uh, <laughs> we planned this, but I don't know anymore. Yeah. You know. There's stuff. There's stuff that I liked. Um, sure. I like Despy versus Teton. I thought that was really good. Despy had a re- Despy's really had a really good tournament. I like the P- yes. I like the TJP match a lot. Um, so if I had to pick a favorite guy so far, it'd be Despy. I feel like Linda obviously is, has the potential to get there as the tour goes on. I haven't seen everything, so probably if he actually did have one of like those great matches, and I just haven't seen it yet. But, uh, but the the Doki match is good. He, uh, I think I, I think I watched it. Match. I think I watched it versus was he did he face Clark Connors or was it was somebody else that did that? I'm not sure. Um, other people have faced Clark Connors, but <laughs> Lindeman would not because they're in different blocks. I didn't, yeah, I forgot um, they were. I forgot. I forgot if they were in the same Clark block. Clark Connors had a. I think Clark Connors had a good match with. Um, I think it was Clark and Yo with, Yo yeah, and actually I was gonna say. Despy number one, and I wanted number two to be like Yuda or Lindemann or even Eagles. It's actually, it's actually been to say it's this. been Yo, hasn't it? It's been Yo, <laughs> yeah. Yo has actually been really fucking good. And I again listen to the English commentary, and I know that some people think that's terrible, but they're really pushing him on commentary strong. They're putting him over really fucking strong. So I think that there's something to Yo in the tournament, maybe. Or at least maybe they're thinking about doing something with him. But yeah, he's been really fucking good. Yeah, I was, I've honestly been surprised. <laughs> like, I think I think we yeah. all, like, everyone's always thought Yo had the capacity to be good, and then Rapunky 3K was largely disappointing, and the feud with Show was a dumpster fire. But yeah, Yo has been very good. We like the usual guys that we might uh, flock to just haven't done it yet. Um, Wheeler, I think he's done. I think he's done pretty well for himself. He hasn't had anything yeah. blow away, but they seem, but they seem very receptive to him. So there's there, there's a, there's yeah a, he's over yeah, there's there's at least that um, they're re- very receptive to Linda. Well, as receptive as they can be, working this best of the Super Juniors tour in these small crowds, and they can only clap and can't really make noise. But like they seem like they, they seem they seem pretty into Linda. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm a fan of Clark Connors as the crocodile hunter, but no. I'm not. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Don't love it. You know, um, you know, I do. I, I've always loved Clark, so this is like not the best experience for me. But I think he, I think he still looks solid. I still, I still, I still like what he's done so far. But yeah, I guess not. Not much of a takeaway. Yeah, fine. Hiromu, Hiromu versus Taguchi was like. What the fuck was yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, no, that was Taguchi. I mean, obviously he's not having great, great matches. I know, but like but at least he's... that, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, that was really good. And then I liked um, the match with Show just because, like, he played with the bullshit. Like, Taguchi can be smart when it comes to that. Like, instead of just doing the same House of Torture bullshit, like. When the lights go off and the lights come back on, he had his, like, bare ass on uh, Dick Togo's face and he was just smothering him on the mat. And I was just like, that's kind of perfect for the Taguchi character and the comedy of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I kind of love that. He doesn't just go along with it. 
so yeah, like, but yeah, the the Hiromu Taguchi match was great. Um, which you always kind of expect something like that out of Taguchi at least one. Um, Clark Connors, like you like you mentioned, yeah, Ace Austin. I'm shocked. I just noticed Ace Austin is like um, the leader of his block. He's got ten wins. I think they're treating him with respect because he's X Division champion, which is funny because they're not doing that for Lindemann at all. I mean. He's not doing terribly, but he they had him lose to Doki in the first match. Who, I mean, if I'm doing a top five, I Doki might be in my top five, been, if not he's been, top three. He's been good. He's been good. Yeah, he's had a bunch of good matches. I think Eagles, like I mentioned him there, and like he's an awesome workhorse to have in this tournament, and every one of his matches is solid. Mm. But like. I can even hear it in the commentary, the way that Kevin Kelly talks about him. It's, like, really easy to take him for granted because I, I guess the best way to say it is that he's just he's, – he's very quality, but it's kind of comes across super repetitive. Even though he's doing different stuff, it all kind of ends up feeling the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because that's why I think that Desperado is the best guy in here is because everything feels unique and different. Even though he ends up going into the same stuff – he finds new ways to get into it, and it always kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. And he kind of has like that ability. He he has that flexibility to like be able to. I like saw in the Titan match go like a little bit more of Rudo, and then in the TJ in the, in the TJP match, he can like pretty much be working babyface. Like he has that uh, leeway creatively to be to be able to work different types of match styles at this point now, which I'm happy about because he has the skill set to do it, but. A guy like Robbie Eagles, who we also know can do that, feels like he's gonna get pigeonholed into being this thing. Yeah, he just kind of does the same thing over and over again, uh, you know. But nobody's really stinking. I think is probably the main thing. There's nobody who's terrible. Um, Ishimori's been whatever, you know. Ishimori's probably been the worst. Yeah, I would go with you on that. I mean, um, I'd probably say Show, but yeah. Well, they're both, they're both... that feels unfair. I mean, but I get it. I mean, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do with them? No, I know, I know. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm just saying it, it <laughs> feels unfair to me, but it, it's true. Um, um, and then like, Phantasmo, it really depends on 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 how you feel about him and his shtick, because uh, it really is wildly goes across, you know, from one end of the spectrum to the other, depending on your opinion of him, if you love him or hate him. Akira Francesco, fine, good enough, but I don't even, you know, I don't get it, and it's kind of tough. He's out here kind of doing everything on the fly, basically switching to heel, switching a lot of his move set up, um, and just doing something totally different that you haven't ever seen from him before, and he's doing fine, but not, but not much. But that's also part of the story of him, is that they really kind of show, they're, they're really trying to say, like, it was it was tough for him to get rolling, Um and then he's, you know, trying to get get his feet under himself. So it's hard to even say sometimes, like, oh, is that, is he bad? Or is is that a storyline that they're trying to figure out? Um, Watto has been okay, but that's, like, he's probably not much better <laughs> than Akira. But it feels better because he's been so bad in the past. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it feels like he's improving. Um no, I get uh, nothing from Alex Zane. Just I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. And I hear people talking about it. When then, like I said, Ace Austin, I think, actually getting something out of him. So, you know, those two. But they both seem to be pretty over. 
But this is exactly what I predicted before this even started. I said, it's going to be just whatever. <laughs> it's going to be a bunch of whatever, and it's not going to really do any of these guys any favors. Um, and uh, that seems to be panning out. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's kind of it. I don't have much else to say. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm cool in that regard. Uh, I think at this point, I, like, no investment in uh no in who wins or whatever don't care so don't care none of it matters it, would i like for lindemann to win sure would i you know like why do i even care really you know <laughs> just gonna win the best of the super just appreciate the good wrestling and just go on with your day uh, like yeah my thing is is looking at some of the outsiders that are brought in especially someone like yuda but you look at Alex Zane, Ace Austin, which I can't even think of what promotion really you would say Alex Zane is representing. Would um, it be New Japan Strong? I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, but, like, what does that mean for G1 for these guys? And, yeah, like a Clark Connors and New Japan Strong. So how does how is this? Because I'm looking at it and thinking about that. How is this going to map into, into the G1? Including stuff like... Uh, Akira Francesco, Francesco Akira or whatever, um, and like the United Empire representative, you know, like what's that going to be like when it comes to the G1? I'm just thinking about that. That's kind of AEW representatives for the G1s and how are they going to be treated? That's like the only thing that I'm looking at this and trying to predict, but you're not going to get, not going to get much of a prediction really of what it's going to be like based on this, you know, G g1 has for a very long time they've been a lot more conservative when it comes to having outside names compared to the best of the super juniors they'll always have a bunch of outsiders in the best of the super juniors but not necessarily as many in the g1 for the past few years so i guess we'll see but either way um aew aew double or nothing coming up uh did you watch last night's episode of aew dynamite yes yes i did okay um what uh <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh i actually I, I really like honestly the tag title stuff they've been doing i think that's probably been the best stuff that they've been building up leading up okay. towards double or nothing the way they debuted you know the empire was really weird um I don't yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they did it like that. Wardlow And a weird timing. Weird timing too. Yeah, really weird timing. Wardlow still kicks ass. So that's that so that so that so that's great. Um why was that Britt Baker and Tony Storm match? So I don't know. <laughs> like I I don't expect the world off? Yeah, I don't expect the world I don't expect the world of Britt, but still <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not just that. Even the finish getting screwed up and the timing is off and, and like, it wasn't necessarily even Britt's fault unless unless they were out of position accidentally yeah, not, not, not and even, Hater yeah, was not even scrambling just the, to catch it. Not even just the finish. It was just, like, the whole match. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm saying the whole match was off, but I'm saying it's not all just Britt. Mm-hmm, for sure. That finish kind of didn't seem like that was necessarily... Like I said, unless unless she did it in the wrong position, which I can't say for sure. Because um, Hater had to basically run around the corner, so I don't know if Hater was was not in the right position or if they did the spot in the wrong position. Um, but you also got Tony's nose is busted open by the end of the match, so mm. 
that could be part of it. So that could be part of why everything felt off. I don't know at what point Tony got busted up. Joe versus um, Joe versus Kyle was really was really good. I like that. Yo, I was going to mention that. Like, <laughs> I know that in our circle of friends, um, it's pretty, and it, this is it's just easy in general to talk shit on Kyle O'Reilly, especially right now. Um, you see the way Jamesy just slanders the man on Twitter. It's, it's <laughs> honestly quite disgusting to see Irish on Irish violence like that. Like, come on, man. Um, come on now. This is we don't need the the troubles happening across international waters right now. Um, but uh, this fucking rocked. This reminded me of Kyle when he was good in NXT, like mm-hmm. the 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 Devitt stuff, and like it was the same kind of seriousness for the most part. There's no goofiness, just on the mat fighting aggressive. Joe didn't, you know, didn't do any cutesy stuff. I loved Kyle kind of fucking almost teasing like he was doing the Aleole thing and Joe counters it and then does it. And I kind of hate that the crowd didn't get it, whatever, but the commentary even Excalibur them, they didn't put over that he was, it wasn't exactly the Aleole kick, but it was like a kind of a variation or like a, maybe like an homage to it in the context of what was going on, which is even better because it wasn't contrived, you know, it just kind of came up naturally so i liked that they're riffing off the history there was yeah just aggressiveness everything looked good the crowd was into it submissions they were buying the submissions as near falls the striking was all crisp and snappy yeah like that was a great main event and just really fucking good good match and a great setup too for the the final of the tournament Mm. really um so yeah i just you think joe's gonna win this thing because i kind of feel like joe's gonna win the tournament I think at this point he has to. I feel I feel like he has to at this point. Yeah. It seems kind of weird because he's the TV champion, but it also seems kind of weird that he's the TV champion. I was thinking about that, and I was kind of like, why is Joe the ROH TV champion, uh, and, but he's the one that they're using all the time on AEW TV, right? Yeah. Like, and... Maybe, maybe he's going to win the Owen and use it rather than like all the other stuff that people think and title shots and all this, like maybe use it to say he wants a shot at the ROH title to unify the TV belt and the ROH title. That's possible. That'd be an interesting way to get there. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't think ROH really needs the TV title, especially if they're going to be serious about the pure title. Right. Yeah. And then Cole is like, in a, in a world, like, he doesn't need that win, obviously. No. Yeah, the only... I say the only reason to have Cole win is to do the couples both win thing. Right? Yeah. So him and... Yeah, that's, that, but, that, that is possible. But, like, do they want to do that? I don't even see why they would want to. And as you said, I don't think either of them need it. So I honestly predict Chris Statlander to win the Owen on the other side. I feel like, okay, I'll do maybe a little bit of fantasy booking here, let's say. Uh, my real, what I would want to see would be Chris Statlander beats Ruby Soho. She's in the finals with Britt. And uh, you don't do like a finger poke thing, but you do do like shenanigans type thing. And in the end... Um, Chris Statlander and her new, you know, bad attitude, tough guy thing actually ends up being part of turning, joining Brit and turning on Hater. And that's where you get into the Brit versus Hater stuff. Um, because I do think that they're eventually going to get there. 
And I think that the new way that they're presenting Chris Statlander, she could actually be new muscle for Brit and then maybe go that way. Um, or she could just, you know, she could just be involved in some bullshit finish. They don't necessarily team up, but it does kick off the start of the hater versus stat or hater versus Brit feud is part of what happens in the Owen. Um, so yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking. So that could go either way. Brit could win or Statlander could win. Um, but probably if I'm just going to be realistic and not go with my like fantasy booking thing, I think that Statlander just wins it and Joe just wins it. Um, and I think, you know, that makes the most sense to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You get in, I don't know. Get, I guess we'll see. Want to get into like that, that into a dynamite preview then? Because I, I didn't mention the uh, yeah, punk, yeah. uh, punk page stuff purposefully. So like we can like sure. do that for uh, for this. Um, so we, we talked about Perfect, yeah. the the Owen matches. So let's start with Page versus Punk. Uh, okay. What have you thought of the build? Um, disjointed, weird. Uh, doesn't seem to have like a through line. This this won't. Um, this doesn't actually make sense unless Punk turns heel, right? Because otherwise it's just kind like. Kind of. Otherwise it's just kind of like. What are you so mad about? Like, I I, I get it. Like yeah. he's making like whatever points he's trying to make. If you want to say, Adam Page is insecure or whatever about the existence of guys like this in the company then sure but unless one of them is like turning like this this feels really weird it feels extremely weird if it doesn't lead to a turn from one of them yeah i um i think a turn probably has to happen um I think Punk probably turning. I heard someone say it's been like a year that Punk's been here. Um, but it seems incredibly fast. And it really seems like it's not time to turn him to me. I think he's still very over. Um, and I think you could definitely wait a little bit. But at the same time, there's the school of thought that you you do the turn before it's too late. So that it stays hot or whatever. Um, but I just think it's way too early. I think Punk is way way too hot still in this babyface run, and there's still a lot for him to do. Um, but yeah, none of this makes any sense. The one thing I'll say is I listened to Tony on a media call, uh, press thing earlier today, and the one thing that did cross my mind was um, to because to him he's like this is you know the hottest, biggest you know main event title match we've ever had, and this and that and. It's the hottest match going into the pay-per-view, so that's why it has to be the main event. And, uh, you know, obviously it's hype and it's his job. And he's trying to, you know, get the show over and push the main event or whatever. But uh, at the same time, I was kind of listening to him and I was thinking, like... I think Tony has this problem, and you can see it in a lot of his booking. He has this problem that he thinks the fans are going to remember everything the way that he wants them to. And I've talked about this in the past. He thinks like that his booking, like that everyone's going to remember every detail and they're going to have the same exact feelings that he meant for them to. Because um, he was really like hitting like, you know, the, the history of Hangman and, and Kenny and then going into Punk and, and all the stuff that they've done up until now. And, and uh, you know, and then, oh, you know, Punk is here trying to like take over after all the stuff that they built and this and that. And... 
I'm just kind of like, I don't think anybody sees this. I don't think anybody saw or remembers every piece of the story the way that you do. You know, and this story's been built for a long time as far as he's concerned, but not as far as I'm concerned. So to me, it's been a lot of awkward, a lot of weird, and like just, I won't say just whatever, but it just hasn't felt like... Yeah, you have to do like a lot like of like... story. You have to do a lot of like fan, like fan wanking to like make this make sense. Like, well, after what Adam Page dealt with, with Brian Danielson and how Brian Danielson treated him, why would he not view CM Punk the same way? Like, it's like, okay, right. it's cool. That's that's there but it's not like you were presenting that the whole time either (laughs) yeah well and to say that that's it's not even fan wanking when it's the the fucking booker and the owner of the company like that's the way he thinks of it yeah you know and i'm just like dude you gotta you gotta make this a little bit more clear to me and tell me the story a little bit more clearly because i'm not i'm a pretty big fan and i like adam page and all this stuff but i'm like I'm not really putting a ton of thought into the, like, deep psychic, like, you know, eccentricities behind Adam Page that's causing this for the most part. I'm kind of just going based off of what I'm seeing (laughs) in the story. And he's just been weird to punk. And this was kind of out of nowhere that he started. He started being weird. There was, you know, what hurts it, too, was the stuff. And I, you know, whatever. It's nice that they go along with it. But the stuff. Um, when they were in New York, and it's like, oh, you know, Punk's a heel uh, on Long Island because they don't like him or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that just felt like it really interrupted everything in the middle of the storyline to be like, oh, for this one episode, everything's different. And then, um, you know, so that so that kind of hurts the, the storytelling because then you're like, okay, what the, the fuck is going on here? So, I don't know. I'm excited for the match itself i think that the match is definitely going to be good because both these guys are great who do you have winning um what's that who do you have what who do you have winning hangman i still am sticking with hangman okay uh 100 i think that it just the story's not over i don't think tony was ready to to move on yet um and that's not just the what like my personal choice it is my personal choice but i also think it's um it's what makes sense really um and i think that i think you i think that i also think it's been pretty much predicted based on punk's promos um he's really been super careful the entire time that they've been building this up to never say i'm gonna win the title i'm gonna be champion they hedge it constantly they constantly hedge it a little bit and say stuff like like even on that media call that i talked about tony said like if punk ever is the champion you know and that kind of stuff just makes me think like there's something there there's something to it um, so yeah, I think Hangman. What about you? What do you think? And and I guess, you know, I went on a bit of a diatribe on the whole thing, but feel free to give your thoughts and, and who you think is going to win. No, I'm with pretty much everything you said there. I think that it's great ideas on paper, but I guess when you're presenting wrestling and what's the way that Tony tries to, there's no reason why this couldn't be a little clearer, even if. The through lines are there. If I really wanted to dissect and go piece by piece and like have the booker hold my hand through this after the fact, like it it still could have been done in a much better way. Again, like you said, I'm not looking for all the psychological nuances in Adam Page's character. That is a part of what got him over, honestly. But but at this point, you almost view Hangman as like. This isn't like a real life depiction of it, but you almost feel like almost view him as like 
the guy that got over it. Like he know he learned he learned how to deal with whatever he was dealing with, and now you kind of see him reverting back to I feel like a place where he seemed pretty secure, even in the face of Danielson. He seemed secure in his place, but something about, about Punk feels really threatening to him. And on paper, I'm really into that story, but but I don't know. I feel like it could have been executed a lot better. In terms of who I have winning, I'm still going to go Hangman. I think there's unfinished business there. I think that ultimately you want to get to a place where you can main event an AEW pay-per-view with like homegrown guys. And I think that All Out is ripe for... Uh, Adam Page, MJF, big, big title match. Now, the thing about that is that they left the door open enough between MJF and Punk that they could definitely do that there too. But I feel like this is supposed to be the year where those two guys take their like take their spots among the top of the heap in AEW. So that's still where I'm landing on my prediction. But if Punk wins, I don't think I'd be shocked. Yeah, and that's kind of part of why this is a an actually a pretty hype main event and should be the main event, is that it's really a it's a toss-up, and I think you could go either way, and I'm pretty much fine with it. Um I understand the the idea of like you know what people say about Punk should be the champion and all this. I don't agree with it, really. I just my logic. I kind of when it comes to my psychology, when it comes to booking, is I just but, I don't think Punk needs the title. Yeah, at all. I think we have the same. We have, we, we have the same logic. Like, yeah, the belt should be on someone who needs it. Yeah, and and you know, Punk might be the biggest star, but I don't think he's ever been presented as like the strongest wrestler. And I talked about it with Adam Page in the past that I think that him as the champion really makes sense because. You know, he's not the best at anything, but he's the baddest ass, you know? And I just think that Punk has not been presented that way ever and at all, and he doesn't need to be. So I kind of think, like, the title doesn't need to be on the biggest star, and it doesn't need to be on the best wrestler, but, it, you know, it it needs to be on someone who, yeah, like... There's something about them where they make sense as the... kind of the spearhead of the company and, and the representative of the company, um... And Punk just, while he is the biggest star and all that, I don't necessarily know that he fits that that spot. But at the same time, it won't hurt the title and it wouldn't hurt the company and it wouldn't be bad. And I could definitely understand getting to whatever they want to get to next. But I think they still want to do Paige and Kenny again, like for the title. Like, I think that he probably wants to get back to that. I think you're right that they want to do Paige and, and MJF. And honestly, I could definitely see that coming up. So... so I just think that there's still a lot left for Adam Page. I hope that we get this and then we get back to what I want, which is I want to see Adam Page wrestling on TV every week, having kick-ass matches with anybody on the show, um, and then having big-time main events with, with top guys on the pay-per-views instead of what we've had, which has felt really like kind of a bummer <laughs> and kind of a let-down title reign. Um, so hopefully we'll get through this and, and, and yeah move forward there. Um I mean, I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? Honestly, this is kind of a weird card. So it's like, honestly, what like what strong opinions would either of us have on this card? Right. Uh, on the Rosa versus Serena Deeb, like, it'll be good. 
That'll be a should be a good match. Should be, should be a good should be a good match. I said that the tag titles was the most thing I, was the thing I was most excited for on the show, but that's like from a match quality perspective. I think I like the way they sure. set it up. Um, like it was a really creative way they did this, where the three the three big guys are each on the team, the smaller guys, more athletic guys are on the team, or, or like uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that I thought the way they set this up was really interesting, and I thought and I think this will be great. World versus MJF, I guess, is the only one where there's like a level of, of investment in who wins. Like, I think Wardlow has to win here. Yeah. Like, that's just like booking one on one. Wardlow has to win. Honestly, it should be a squash. But I don't know if it'll be. I think so. But I'm not sure it'll be. Like, I think MJF has no problem showing that, like, that much ass and, like, getting squashed. But would Tony want him to be squashed that way? Like, right. I don't, I don't know. But. I think that this is a very, very important match for Wardlow's trajectory and what he could be because we're talking a guy getting like what would be comparable to Goldberg reactions in 2022. So you have to be very, very careful with this. He should win. He says he should squash MJF and Wardlow goes on and does whatever from there. But he should absolutely win this match. Yes, he should win it. Um, it should be a squash. It should be quick. I think that there's already too many matches on the show. I think that the show's going to go too long. Um, and I think that having something like this just be a quick squash would be great. And I think, God, I don't even get the fucking logic when I hear people talk about it. Like I hear Meltzer and he's like four and a half hours or whatever. And some people will say it's too long, but they really, they just have to, and they have to have all these matches and they have to have these long shows. And I'm like, they really fucking, especially don't. these, ma- and like, especially these matches that are on here. It's like, yeah, yeah, we, de- yeah, we definitely need, uh, the Jericho appreciation, appreciation society versus Blackpool combat club. And LA oh, yeah. and LAX on the go. Like we have, like we need that. Yeah. Like the Death Triangle, the Hardy Boys versus Young Bucks. I mean, come on, Death, Death the, Triangle match that. <laughs> yeah, Death Triangle versus House of Black. We definitely have. No, there's like no justification for that. These are literally fucking rampage no. matches. These are dynamite matches. Like no. there's like li- the title matches. There's literally no reason oh, for this. No, the title matches MJF and Wardlow. Um, and I guess it is a title match, but it's the one that I keep hearing people say should get bumped to the pre-show, which I think is complete bullshit. Uh, Jade Cargill and Anna Jay. Basically, the title matches and MJF and Wardlow are the only ones that really need to be on the show. And I would say the Owen if there wasn't two. But the fact that there's a men's and a women's just really make to me feels like it bloats the fucking show. And like, I, I mean, I guess you could have you could cut these multi-man matches instead, but like. Yeah, there's too much here, and again, you do the the anarchy in the arena with that many people. They're gonna make it go long. The you know the the House of Black versus Death Triangle. The when they did the version of it on the last pay per view that ended up kind of on the pre show or something, and had Redbeard. I think because that ended up what it was and kind of you know wasn't the real thing. They're gonna you know oh we have to give this time and put it on the actual show. So that's gonna be bullshit. I think Jade versus Anna J could can just be a squash, but it probably won't be because. It's Anna Jay getting a second title shot, and, you know, she kind of got her ass kicked last time, so they're probably going to want to give her a little bit more. Um, I don't see the point, but whatever. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, both of the Owen matches will probably be good, fine, but it's just too much. It's too much. 
the, the three-way tag team match would be good, but I do have to ask this, and they were on the show, and you talked about the United Empire debut, and both, like, where the fuck is FTR? We started out this year with, like, FTR being this hot act and, and having this insane week with these two big matches back-to-back and all this stuff, and then it feels like they just completely fucking disappeared. I think there's, that like, I guess they're trying to make them feel more like they're the ROH tag team, tag, tag team champions and not involving them in this for some, for whatever reason. It just, it seems, it seems really weird to me that they haven't been, they haven't been around and they're not on the pay-per-view Well, they here. were, well, they were in the Owen or in the Owen qualifiers facing each other. I guess they, yeah, yeah, they yeah Dax, but... Dax, Dax obviously wound up moving on and facing Adam Cole. So like that will take a couple weeks off of the build. For them and what, and what they what they could have been in the cycle, but like, you know, Phoenix is here, and Phoenix was, Phoenix was in the yeah. tournament. So well, you could say whatever about Bill, but they didn't seem to mind just throwing the Young Bucks versus the Hardys on here. Like, yeah, on on Dynamite with almost no real build except for that promo. Which okay, we didn't talk about it. The Dynamite, the Hardy Boys promo. Where do you come down on that? Bad or good? I'm probably, probably leaning more to the bad side, probably. Okay. I thought it was great. I liked it. Um, I, I was just like, it, it more like I guess if, if like if if we're, if we're giving me like the binary choices, like I would say bad, but like sure, sure. Otherwise, you know me, like I'd be more indifferent on that. Sure. No, no. I figured you would just be like whatever. Don't even remember it. Yeah. I just saw people hating on it, and I just I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I thought Matt has always been a pretty good promo, and Jeff is just weird, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I thought there was a ton. They was putting a ton of info out there. He was trying to like get over this match in like a quick promo to set up like with absolutely no build, but try to make this feel important. Um, and I thought that Matt Hardy did a good job of doing that without feeling rushed and and coming across legit. So I was like, whatever, I liked it. Um, that said, they shouldn't be rushing this on here. I don't know why they're doing this, honestly. Other than I guess maybe they want to get to the Young Bucks winning the the tag title, like. Or not the Young Bucks. The Hardy Boys winning the tag titles? Do you think that's where they're going? No, 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 no. You don't think so? No, no. <laughs> I kind of have a thought that that's where they're going. Dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> they, uh, what, I'll say this. They get a shot. They will get a shot. I don't think that they would win. There's just no way. Okay. I just, for some reason, I just feel like they're going to do it. They want to do a nostalgia run with them really quick. And then, you know, after that, they'll... They'll maybe split them up and do a Jeff a Jeff singles. Or I feel like I, I feel like you can accomplish that with just them challenging. Like run that as a dynamite. Sure. Like run that as a dynamite main event. Run whoever the tag. Run whoever the tag champs are versus the Hardys as a dynamite main event. Or run FTR versus the Hardys for the ROH titles as a, as a dynamite main event. I feel like that's the extent of it, and they can lose and move on to whatever. But like, I feel I, I feel like that's the extent of it. Yeah, I I. Uh... I won't argue with you there. That's probably true, and that's they probably don't need to. But I just I have a feeling that's where it's going. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing: show's gonna be too long. Um, we're both gonna watch it. We're gonna talk about it. Uh, There'll probably be some good stuff, but you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, um, this is definitely the weakest pay per view they've had in a while. No, I mean right now. But we'll see. It might end up delivering, but I doubt it. But, you know, there's a few matches on here that could be pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is It is kind of weird how... Because AEW feels or felt really hot before this. And then coming into it now, I just... 
And you, and you, and I just feel like there's a lot of hype. And you, and you, and you'd right. have expected this to like feel hotter. Like this is like we get like I think I think this is the first actual this is the first pay per view with Blackpool Combat Club like yeah. full. Like we get them like um well not in full because Wheeler's in Japan, but still like we get like the first like real Blackpool Combat Club big match on a paper on a pay per view. Um, we have Warlow versus MJF, Page versus Punk. Like the Owens, the Owen finals, like Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Like, I'm not even sure. If, I'm not even sure if that happened in um, in ROH or if it even happened in the, in NXT. Like, you get like we got we have that Rosa versus Deeb on paper. It sounds like a good show, but I'm just not excited for it. Like even like the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Blackpool Combat Club match, or you know LAX too. Like that's probably gonna be pretty fun, but I don't care though i don't the house of black versus death yeah. versus the uh, death triangle that's pack pentagon phoenix brody king buddy matthews and malachi black all the same match that's nuts that's gonna like bang and kick ass and like hopefully it would go like 10 11 minutes and they just go out there and do insane shit that would that'll rule but like i'm just not i'm just not interested yeah yeah nothing uh nothing here is really talking to me even the main event I'm I'm expecting it to be better than than how I'm feeling about it right now. Maybe the women's match will be good. Um, the tag match I think is gonna whoop ass. I think that that's gonna really be it. Um, the three way tag team match. Yeah. Um, that's gonna probably end up being the best match on the show. Yeah. Honestly. Um, just because everybody in there is really good, they're really good at this kind of match, um, and I'm actually just pretty hyped for it in general. Um, and they're really cool teams. So that's going to be interesting too, because people have been shitting on Jurassic Express tag team title run, but I think they're going to have this fucking kick-ass match. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Even if they do. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. uh, (laughs) You know, honestly, like when we, I was on the rundown, I was like, you know what? We we should have like a lot to say here, but like, well, then we actually look up the cards like, oh, this actually is not as interesting of a card as we thought it might have been no no there's a ton of stuff that could be cut and i saw darby saying something about the pay-per-view he's not even on the show right no he's not even at least on at least on not even on the buy-in because the because uh, the buy-in what even is the buy-in actually uh hookhausen versus tony niece and smart mark sterling yeah like... <laughs> which does not speak to me at all no but uh we'll see either way um, could Darby show up somewhere on here? I wouldn't be shocked. Sting show up here at some point, maybe. Um, but yeah, either way, I don't know. Quentin, it's been a weird episode. It has been um, a weird episode. Should probably, yeah, should probably get, uh, get out of here before we start talking about some other gruesome fucking tragedy. Yeah, probably. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, uh you can, uh, follow me on Twitter at QT underscore Moody. You can Follow Tim at Bone Dog's Wife, and you can follow the We Don't Know Wrestling Podcast Network at DK, uh, WDKWPN on Twitter, and donate to us on Coffee if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling generous and want to, uh, I guess, fund uh, fund us talking about gruesome shit and talking about wrestling afterwards for whatever reason. <laughs> but thank you all for listening, and hope you're here next time.
Oh, oh, oh.